I'm excited about this week, Josh. I think it's a fun week. You've got a couple of intriguing midweeks, one of the bigger midweek road trips the Sooners have had. And, you know, Coach Gasso's done this at least each of the last or three last four years. We had Kentucky last year. We went to Georgia. Was that 21 or 20? Eh, well, 20, we were shut down, so it was 21. So every year now, you've gone to a, an SEC opponent and played a pretty high-profile midweek game. I would assume, Well, I'm not going to assume anything. I don't know if the Florida State was one for one. We don't, we don't go to Florida very often, and obviously that's going to change a, a bit, a skosh, whenever we get in the uh, SEC in a couple years. But I think this is up there at one of the more intriguing midweeks that the Sooners have had with LSU, uh, Wichita State. I mean, OU baseball had a rough weekend against Baylor. But I, I I feel like my take on Big 12 baseball stays the same. Yes, it's very disappointing right now, and I know that nobody in that baseball office is celebrating where they are and saying, well, we're – we were in a tough spot last year. I don't think anyone's resting on on those laurels by any stretch of the imagination. But as has you know truly been the case, no one's running away with this thing right now, right? The Sooners might be three and six, but I mean Texas they won their series over Kansas State, but I mean they they still got dinged. Kansas State. I, I, I know, I know, bringing up Pete Hughes for some of you guys is like bringing up Kevin Durant, very triggering. But, I mean, Pete even said it after Oklahoma, after they beat Oklahoma, he's like, listen, we're Oklahoma's a really good team, and we're, they're going to start getting things right. We're not where we need to be yet, and yet Kansas State, who might not be very good this year, is, is at 6-6. Six and six. Baylor is, I mean, Baylor and Tech – and West Virginia are basically only a couple of games ahead of Oklahoma. So you're three and six in conference play, but the first place team is six and three. So I'm not I'm not overly panicking Anakin Skywalker quite yet. Now, maybe we can have a conversation if the midweeks continue to be a struggle for the Sooners or, you know, uh call me after the weekend series in Norman against Tech. If they sweep Tech, Josh. Let's go. Or even if they win that series, right? Suddenly they get you back to five and seven in conference play. You got the the midweek against Oklahoma State looking ahead. Um, yeah, you just got to win series, man. Got to win series. Got to win series. No one it'll... is running away with this conference. No one is doing to this conference in baseball what OU and OSU are doing in softball, right? There's nobody that is without uh, warts or deficiencies. So I'm – I don't. I I get it. I understand it. There's win now. We got to go. Let's go. But this the Big Twelve is pretty tough this year. It's pretty balanced. I did not expect them though to lose the series to Baylor. I will say that. Well, probably they've they, they might have outside of some midweek here and there. They might have already exhausted their wiggle room. I mean, it's time to start winning Big Twelve series the rest of the way. Kansas looks like they're really good, <laughs> right? Um, West Virginia. Looks like they're pretty good, and you've got to go to West Virginia coming up in May. Obviously, Oklahoma State looks like they're pretty good. The two teams that we expected to be at the bottom of this conference in Kansas State and Baylor, you just said it. You lost both of those series, and in those series, you were what? One and six? 
Uh, one in five, sorry. Math. Math is not easy for me. But now you just got to go out and you've shown you're capable of beating really good teams. Took two of uh, four from Stanford. So I, I'm not overly freaking out quite yet. Boy, that midweek was a really good performance against ORU too, man. I thought they were going to ride that momentum. Then Friday got weird with the rain delay and the late rally. Good win Saturday, but we'll see if they can get things right Tuesday out of Mitchell Park against Wichita State. Meanwhile, Josh, Travis did confirm he's going to join us at the bottom of this hour to talk some Michael Hawkins. He was there at the recruitment ceremony. So let's spend some time talking Sooner softball. After the game on Saturday, I raced down to the field to talk to head coach Patty Gasso after the Sooners swept Texas Tech. Uh, Much better. Good response throughout the lineup. Good swings. uh, Scored early, scored often. So we we had six down by the third inning. And then uh, we just kind of stalled again. And if we could walk this off, find a way to get us another run, we are out of here an hour earlier. So... I need to do a little bit better job of that. I thought pitching outstanding, defense outstanding. I feel played great. Alina uh, Boone made a big time play out there as well. Uh, so everything clean and good. I just got to continue to hammer down these at bats. And I loved, I mean, I literally crossed out about every name in, on our lineup. And that's important. That's important to give the future an opportunity to play. You know, and, and again, speaking of that future, I thought it was pretty good to see Kirsten Deal work through that in the, what was that, the that fifth, sixth inning? Fifth, yeah. Uh, or sixth, yeah. It was, um, the more we can feed her, the better. And I, I know some people really want, like, don't take me out. I'm like, oh, this game doesn't mean, and you got to understand team concept. And um, I, I know Kirsten's been working her tail off every day at practice, so get this opportunity is really important for her. And then one final one, how about the night for Haley Lee? I mean, she was just, uh, she was feeling it. She was. I don't know if it's because she's familiar with a former hitting coach who wanted to show things off a bit, but uh, she's in a groove. I'm telling you what, if I was a pitcher, she's not somebody I would want to face. And she covers the plate really well with great power. But uh, Gunny said, I hated seeing Haley Lee stomp on the plate when she was at A&M, but, man, it's pretty cool now. Haley Lee had, what, three home runs over the weekend, had a two-home run day yesterday. Now, she's – we were sitting around. It's it's funny. There's only three regular season home games left for the Sooners. We play our next nine games on the road. You got tonight at LSU – I think, I think we're playing three this weekend. You, you literally just had the schedule up. You would think that I would have this thing memorized by now. Oh, here, I got the, the game notes right in front of me. Yeah, so we're playing Oakland, Miami of Ohio, and Louisville this weekend. Then you've no midweeks next week. Um, then back to Baylor for the weekend of the spring game. And then a Tuesday trip on April 25th to Wichita, a Wednesday trip to Eleventh uh, and Harvard for the University of Tulsa. So there's only there's only three regular season home games left. Nine straight on the road, and you know we're already talking about senior night. We're already looking ahead to to Bedlam, and it's wild how quickly this season flies. But then in that too, Josh, wild to think in a very short amount of time the impact that the two. Well, and now Alina Torres is starting to get hot, but. At the specifically for this conversation, two of the four grad transfers, two 
two of the three super seniors that transferred in. The impact that Alex Starocco and Haley Lee have had, I don't I don't know if this team is where it is without them. So everyone is like, oh, Oklahoma doesn't need Haley Lee. They don't need Alex Straka. Well, I also understand not every team wins 27, 28 straight games, but I don't I don't think they're nearly as dominant with with without Lee and Starocco. So sure, you might still be number one in the country. You might <laughs> There will still be, I think, a lot of wins because Nicole May's throwing well, and it might push Kirsten Dillon a little bit earlier. But the point is, they're not just here eating stats and getting dubs. If the Sooners win another conference championship, if they win another national championship, Josh, they're going to be players that we look back on and said, holy smokes, man, they played a major role in this thing. And I dig it. Starocco's been gigantic. Massive. For this team. And uh, obviously, Lee, uh, big-time weekend, starting to uh, starting to really heat up and come into the right format just about the right time. So e- each of those two, before it's all said and done, Plank, uh, it's not unfeasible for us to sit here and have conversations at some point. Would Oklahoma have won this national championship <laughs> without them? Sure. I mean, I, I – If I and when that moment comes. Can I just tell you right now? I would probably say no. That's how important I think they have become. Well, but we still, we still if, if nothing time. else, they we still have a lot of time. They greatly enhance your chances and make this team a heck of a lot better. Yeah, let me get my score. But Kaylee Lee went four for seven this weekend. She had three home runs, had four runs batted in. And the pitching staff in general, my favorite stat from the weekend. You ready? And I brought this up on Friday. The pitching staff – Threw three straight shutouts, struck out 25 batters, allowed just nine hits on the weekend. Jordy Ball pitched six and a third on, when was that, a Friday night, and struck out 12. Texas Tech came into the weekend as one of the top home run hitting teams in all of college softball. They were number two, and they didn't even score a run. Now they made some base running mistakes that probably hurt some of their scoring opportunities. But, Josh, that takes us back to my favorite stat. The last time Texas Tech scored a regular season run against the University of Oklahoma was the 2019 weekend series finale down in Lubbock. How many games has it been now? They've won 33 straight games against Texas Tech. And how many has it been that they haven't scored a run? Oh, so let's see here. So that's 19, so that would be three, six, nine games because the 20 season didn't happen, 21, 22, 23. I think there was – they. I think either they played each other in the conference tournament or they were supposed to and it got rained out, but I'll just stick with the regular season because I'm not scrolling through all the, uh, all the stats right now. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about LSU on tomorrow's program. They're, they're good. You know, this is a this is a team that's battled a few injuries, but you know, they're six and six in conference play. Um I I would say that the sweep against Tennessee looks a little bit hmm. Now after watching Tennessee get beat in two games against Baylor over the weekend. But they've got some I always say dudes, they've got some great players. They really do. They've got some They've got a solid roster. They have um, 
In Briggs, they've got a really good two-hole hitter. Coffee, the third baseman, is really good. Um, Allie Newland, power. But like I said, we'll we'll get more into the Taylor Pleasant is their stud. Taylor Pleasant's their shortstop is a stud. But Josh, I don't know how healthy truly she is right now. We'll see. But I'm I'm really excited to go down there and see their facilities. I think this has the chance to to be a really really fun rivalry heading into the heading into the big uh, the SEC with the Sooners leaving the Big Twelve. And anytime you have a chance to go to a place like Baton Rouge that is just well, it just won a national championship in women's basketball. But anytime you get a chance to play against a team like that, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, you're going to take that opportunity and you'll be better for it. They they play a lot of home games. LSU does. <laughs> they play a lot of home games. They have uh let's see. They have one, two, three. They have three tournaments that they host in the preseason. Now I say that I think there's a chance in the future with Love's Field. I think there is a chance that that is something that can happen at Oklahoma Where quite you, a bit. You welcome in the best and the brightest. Right. I mean, we did it this year, the Omni Hotel Classic. Um, they had the OU tournament when Kentucky came in. So you already have two that OU's doing. And there, to me, I think, think Sooners are going to – consistently go to California for, if it's not the Mark Campbell Invitational, I think they'll have something they're doing, and it'll be awesome, much like this year. I think they'll, they'll continue to go out to the Mary Nutter, but if you're, I don't know what's going to happen with current Marita Hinesfield, and this is really getting in the weeds, I'm sorry, but if they decide to say, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll keep that as a softball field. Keep and- it, then you've got Two two diamonds you can play on. Right. You can have youth sports um that could play there. You can have youth tournaments. It in I mean, right across the street, we're building all these incredible baseball fields at Reeves Park. I mean, I don't know what the softball trajectory looks in that plan. I I would I would love it if they were, but I'm doubting very seriously that they're building a softball specific field over there. If I'm wrong, Sean, I'm sure you can correct me. But I Again, everyone's like, oh, no, they're going to build more parking. I don't know. Why? You've got all the facilities there, and it helps when you're hosting regionals and super regionals, maybe even a little extra parking. But if they keep that, my point is, you could have Love's Field, you could have Marina Hines Field, and you could even have Oklahoma City to where you could do one hell of a tournament and bring in some incredible teams, a lot of teams, make it a, a massive early season event. Yeah, that'd and, be really cool. And then, of course, knowing our luck, it would be like five degrees and we'd never be able to play a game or it would rain or something. But LSU, a lot of home games, really cool stadium, excited to get down there tomorrow. I saw a lot of, man, those are some close games. I three, And I'm thinking to myself, they won three zip, six zip, seven zip. That's kind of softball. <laughs> That's kind of what this sport is. The nine to ones and the ten to twos, those are the – the world is that? Where did that come from? I, I would hope on the uh, Patty Gasso Invitational there that – I like that you've named it too. The the best and brightest minds would be willing to relent on this too. Schedules are made to be fluid. Right. So the idea that you have to play that tournament in February or March, why? Why not play it right now when the weather's better? Mm. And then you just 
like we've seen with the Big 12 SEC Challenge in years past or what uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Yeah. You just eliminate one weekend of conference play and boom, you get the, the best in the sport. And uh, it's the early season Women's College World Series. There you go. Yeah, it's a great idea. Grow the sport, Massive. get the best uh, best teams in. It's made for television. ESPN, come on. Come on. I know you've got your Clearwater Invitational and everyone loves it, but let's let, let's add this to it. Let's go. We'll call Flow Softball. We'll get it going. <laughs> and they can broadcast from their living room. <laughs> that's right. All right, quick break. Uh, that's just some thoughts from the weekend and softball. Travis Davidson is going to join us after the bottom of the hour. We're going to hit the Michael Hawkins commitment. If you're out at the games, I'd love to hear from you, 405-651-3439. Uh, you can always use your phone for something I never do is to make a call, 405-329-9000 on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. We're just getting started on a Monday. It's a plank show. All right, um, it's a plank show right here on the ref. Travis is going to join us in about 10 minutes. He was at the Michael Hawkins commitment ceremony this weekend, and I figured we need to get the lowdown on the newest sooner. Notice I'm writing an article for Boyd Street on the – it's not philanthropic. The, um, oh, gosh, public service commitment of University of Oklahoma football. And I found it really cool that in Michael Hawkins' commitment, he his dad had brought up how much the soul mission meant to him. And I thought that was really cool. So if you need your – Diehard Cruton talk. Well, Parker's coming up at noon with a steel man, or we're going to dive into a little bit here at the bottom of this hour. That's back to back quarterback commits for Oklahoma. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, the where sole mission was a part of them committing blank. The Sperry kid, Kevin Sperry in 2025, who I kind of com- committed when they were like, you hey, know, take your time. He's like, coming. Like, okay. You know where you want to be, man. <laughs> That's great. Is this guy being real from the 405? What's your opinion on the Oakland A's moving to OKC? <laughs> They're going to Vegas. So, I did don't you, Did you like my response? <laughs> I, I I like Josh respond. Every so often if I see something I'll respond just because I mean, I don't want to blow up your phone or anything. I'm not going to fight with you on Twitter or on the the text line. <laughs> Josh said no chance, but make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> no chance, but please. What's your favorite Oklahoma City should get this rumor. I kind of – I remember when, when the Ford Center was built, it was built NHL specifications. Yep. True Sooner talks about it a lot. But I always like the NHL rumors. I went to an NHL exhibition game whenever the Blues played the Bruins. It might not have you – yeah, it was, I think it was the Blues and the Bruins. And it was in the Myriad. And I never forget being so triggered. Donnie Jindren, Luke Drevitz, and I – Drove down. Proud Sigma Kai's, Josh Helmer. We drove down here, and I was so mad at the PA guy. Because the PA guy gets out of the mic, and we're Blues fans. And he's like, so tonight, we're all Boston Bruin fans. Well, let's pretend for one evening as if this is Bruins country. And the fans, I'm like, pretend? What are we doing? But the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I'm sorry. A uh, hockey rumor was my favorite. Oh, I kind of liked whenever someone tried to start the uh, the football. Who was it? The late great Rusty Hilger that was involved in something to bring a football team here. Right for smack a while. dab in the middle of Oklahoma City right. and Tulsa. Yeah, we're gonna build football stadium. Let's go. You remember the uh, 
the, I always say the Tanger, the Tanger Outland Mall, whatever it was, RIP and Stroud. Put it right there. I, I personally would say going over the top grip on the Oklahoma City and what they're getting rumors, Josh, I always loved the rumor that they were going to build a short track like Bristol um, by the McDonald's over the highway in between Tulsa and Joplin. What, what, about, what about Tulsa for an NHL team or Major League Baseball team? Because you've got the Thunder here, and right. I don't know if we're I don't know if we're a big enough market. I just I, I again I, and I know the immediate reaction is what about Salt Lake? What about Oklahoma City? I get it. You're right. I don't. See, I think Tulsa could do it. I know they could. I just don't. Travis is coming on. We can ask him since we're on this, and and I haven't lived in Tulsa since I moved down here in 2015. But I was there for. Pff, I was there from 1993 to 2015, so I feel like, you know, a good 20 years there. I don't know if there is this overriding fire to get pro sports. a pro sports team. I think the BOK Center has been great for concerts and for events, especially for those people that fought against it. I think the drillers moving downtown has just been fantastic. You've seen downtown grow, so I'm – I don't know. I don't think that you need to worry about T-Town pushing for any of those, and I don't think a Major League it, Baseball team is coming here. No, but, but it's a good, good it's, it's fun to think about. And, you know, Tulsa's been – it's a big league city when it wants to be. The Southern Hills, the PGA Championship was awesome mm-hmm. in Tulsa. NCAA tournament past has been really good. Right. Um, this is from – 5808. He goes, my favorite rumor has been OKC getting an In-N-Out burger. <laughs> There's got to be some major pushback from some of these other chains on that, right? Yes. But it's a nonstop rumor. I will say, they almost got me on the Bucky's one this week, and I'm not... Listen, Bucky's is a large gas station. I, I mean, QT loves travel stops uh, on Q. If they added 100 more pumps and, you know, Thousand square feet, it it's a Bucky's. I mean, there's, I've never understood it. They're yeah, like, you you just you need people inside working, selling you know honey roasted uh, almonds. Yes, pecans. You, do you know what's amazing about the honey roasted almonds or or cashews or whatever you go with at at Bucky's opposed to anywhere else? Nothing. They're all the same. Stop it. It's pretty cool to walk in and buy, though. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And they've absolutely. got, you know, like barbecue and stuff. You know Bucky's what? Bucky's is pretty awesome. Man. I disagree. I think it's just like any other gas station. It's a little bit different. But I will say. I hate, I hate to. Let, let, me, go let ahead. me say. I hate to applaud anything from the state of Texas, okay? But Bucky's a little bit different. I think it's just the shirt. People want to have the shirt. But like, I do, look, I went to a Bucky's. I love Quick Trip. Do you know how you can tell if someone's been to a Bucky's before, Josh? Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> right. Well, you ever been to Bucky's? Been to Bucky's before? Oh, it's the greatest. Yeah, thank you, Sooner Gundy. About ten thousand square feet. I was just throwing a number out there. Um, <laughs> that's not right, Broken Arrow Fat Boy. <laughs> Gunny Stutzman Army writes: We should build a three-quarter mile track like Richmond around Stroud. That's a halfway between Tulsa and the city. I think Texas Motor Speedway would fight against that. And just since we're kind of having fun and vamping here, the bottom line, more than anything else is NASCAR isn't a great investment right now. Maybe 20 years ago, 
But right now, man, when those conversations were being had about, hey, should we build a track, a couple different sites, you know, it was when NASCAR was starting to become a little bit of a boom, but Texas only has one race this year, right? And it's it's very late in the season, and it's usually it's going to be half empty. You want to talk about a place that's half empty? Go go look at that thing on race day. It's sad. Um, hey, this is true. That's right. I apologize. Uh, from the four hundred five, uh, Torres is not a super senior. Has more eligibility left. Yeah, I'm, she does. She has one more season left if she wants it. She has one more season left if she wants it. Um, what do you think of this? It's time to get our weapons ready for the postseason. I suggest we set up a GoFundMe account to make sure Uncle Mike has first row seats behind home plate. That's the funniest thing, Josh, is how when people talk about Sooner softball or when people check in in the third inning check-ins, if Uncle Mike isn't there, I'll get I'll get – Text and is tweet. Uncle Mike okay? I haven't heard Uncle Mike. Is everything okay? There's, <laughs> Where's Uncle Mike? There's others that uh, it's like, all right, I'm glad he's gone. But then there's a majority that are like, where is he? Do I need to come and yell at the girls? And one more uh, on baseball from the 402. Big difference in the baseball team this year. There's no Spikerman coming back from energy to insert energy. There's no Cade Horton, no longer playing third and to be the best pitcher down the stretch, and no Trevin Michael to be the closer with an attitude. We don't think anyways. The hope is that they'll develop, right, as the season progresses. But It's a fair counterpoint to make that – the situations are not entirely similar. And then I like this. Oklahoma baseball, a lot, a lot of guys off that team last year to the draft. If anyone had expectations of them making it back to the World Series, they're fooling themselves. This is clearly a rebuild and development year. Gotcha. And no disagreement there. I think most fans kind of feel like you want to see the program to the point to where consistently – in regional play, yeah. right? I don't know that there's this, hey, let's get back to – I mean, everybody wants to go to the College World Series, obviously, but I don't think that there was any sort of expectation this team's going back to the College World Series, but <laughs> you'd like to be you know, one of the best teams in the Big 12 on a regular basis. Travis says that Parker Thune worships at the altar of Bucky's. <laughs> what, a, what an interesting place. They've built these things that are like – duckies in st louis that i saw on the way there's it's it's, it's a like knockoff Bucky's. it's like the midwestern version of of, of of bucky's you know what i need from a gas station josh whenever i'm on a road trip gas and something small yeah that's all i need that, that's it so bucky's is not for you no never you're not you're not a bucky's guy it's it's always crowded you, too many people standing around I, I hear you on out. the crowded portion. I'm like, I don't want to go to a gas station and have to wade through people to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you're not trying to uh, – the gas station doesn't need to be an amusement park for you? Is the, that what you're saying? The gas station isn't a stop where unless it's Love's and it's a sponsorship deal where I'm taking a selfie out in front of it, right? I mean, it's 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 a gas station, people. What are we doing right now? Much love to Love's, by the way. <laughs> all right, quick break. Uh, Travis is going to join us. He was all over the Michael Hawkins commitment this week, and we'll talk to him about what's next – for the Sooners in the Cruton world right here on The Ref. Does my does my man Shark know that no. Toby's not on? It doesn't right appear now? to be. He, um, 
Let me, let me scroll down here a little bit. Ago. Come on, Toby. OU is the professional franchise in Oklahoma. And Toby, remember, Bucky's also has a dressing room for my daughters on the way to OU Texas every second Saturday morning. This in is October. he is Chris Plank. <laughs> I am Josh Elmer. Good morning. Toby Rowland has signed off as of 9 a.m. Mm. Um, this will be the schedule most days. Kendall's mad about baseball. He writes, uh, I expected them to be in a super regional at least. They're not even going to make the Big 12 tournament. A super? Super, man. That's okay. You have very high expectations for a team that lost all but two starters, Travis Davids. Oh, you want to add one more thing to that? Well, it's it's like expecting both basketball programs every year to be in the Sweet 16, is it not? Yeah, I guess so. What's going on, Travis? How are you, man? Travis Davidson joins us here. I'm on Locked In and on The Rush here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Fun fun road trip this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. And high expectations for baseball is one thing, but uh, high expectations for this 2024 uh, class uh, uh, completely reasonable because, uh, man, getting Michael Hawkins on board, uh, it's 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 just big time, absolutely big time. Uh, yeah, I had I was road tripping, uh, went down to see C four the C four tournament uh, that Sean Cooper puts on. I tell you what, you want to talk about, you know, OU DNA. There were I think four or five OU offers playing in that tournament, including um, OU twenty twenty five quarterback commit Kevin Sperry. So getting to see the twenty twenty five quarterback throw and then going down to Frisco to see the 2024 quarterback commit. Uh, yeah, it was a fun day, man. Um, these events, uh, Travis, just learn me up as someone who is still trying to get learned up. How important are they? What's kind of the goal of them and what can you take from them? Well, what's interesting is, you know, they're all different, right? It, it, it's, you know, do you want to you know, go live with somebody like 247 or ESPN? Do you want all the hats on the table? Do you want this, that, and the other? Who do you want there? Do you just have it at your high school and say, hey, I want my football team there? This was completely different, man. This was um, at a, a nice, you know, hotel there in Frisco. You, you, they've, they've got kind of a, a, a small kind of intimate setting. They set up with all family and friends. And I'll tell you what, with with – Michael Hawkins Jr., it became very obvious why Oklahoma was the choice because when you talk about and when recruits talk about Oklahoma, they talk about family, they talk about culture, they talk about the soul mission, right? They talk about all these things. Well, when I was at Michael Hawkins Jr.'s commitment, I mean, before the announcement even, family, friends, I mean, NFL players, people coming up and praying for, giving words of encouragement, telling childhood stories about Michael Hawkins Jr. It was a very, very cool moment. You could tell it was a cool moment for Mike Sr., obviously having um, his son commit to his uh, former team. So it, it was a really cool moment. But, I mean, the support system that this kid has, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And it, it's not surprising that he's been able to build such a good relationship with other top prospects in the region. From your your perspective, Travis, what what is Oklahoma getting in Michael Hawkins Jr.? Well, they're getting an elite athlete, that's for sure, and and one that doesn't need a ton of polishing. So that's one of the things I spoke about with Mike Sr. a little bit was his conversations with Jeff Levy. What Levy liked is he doesn't have to worry about if he doesn't drop back straight, if he doesn't tap the ball in the pocket, if he doesn't do this or the other. There's just not a lot to clean up about the kid. And you take that and you pair it with 
truly elite work ethic and athleticism. I mean, I was down at OT7 watching him play with his 7-on-17, 940 elite, and when he takes off the first game that they played, he took off for a 40-yard touchdown, which is hard to do in 7-on-7 because it's just touch. It's not tackle. So it's not like he was having to break. He was having to miss dudes completely. Uh, So, I mean, elite athleticism, good size. I mean, the guy's probably got 1% body fat on him on uh, on a cheat day. And yeah, and just a leader, really. I mean, a quiet, calm, cool, collected leader. When I, I mean, I talk to other recruits in the region. Um, I mean, I talked to um, uh, Bennett Warren, the uh, four-star offensive tackle that's kind of down between us and Michigan and um, Oregon and Texas A&M was in early. He was going to drive from Sugarland, Texas, all the way up to Frisco for the announcement if a track meet hadn't gotten his way. That's a guy that was going to drive six hours just to watch a commitment of a guy that didn't really grow up in the region, but he had mentioned him as a guy he wants to play with. You look at Nigel Smith, Peyton Pierce, Caden Durham, Max Anderson, Nate Anderson's brother. Uh, all these guys, they hold Mike Hawkins Jr., and they, they talk about him just way different than they talk about other guys. Well, you probably answered my question a little bit right there, Travis, but uh, Two commits now in the 2024 class, Jeremiah Newcomb and Michael Hawkins, and everybody wants to know, right? You get a quarterback on board like Hawkins, what's next? What does it mean? So just that. What what does this mean? Who could be coming with Hawkins because of this commitment? Well, of course, uh, you know, Hawkins now puts his recruiting hat on, um, and Caden Durham is a guy that I I expect uh, probably in the next, I don't know, month maybe to come on board. That's the – Highly touted running back, uh, four-star running back, but probably the top running back on on DeMarco Murray's board. Want to get him in. Obviously, Brian Wesco, the five-star wide receiver. Uh, Zion Kearney, the four-star wide receiver. Uh, I mean, they all want to play with this guy, not to mention the offensive lineman. Max Anderson is a name he dropped, and he's been crystal balled to Michigan. But if you guys have paid attention, Michigan is filling up on tackles extremely quickly. So, they're, they're not going to be able to take them all, which is not to say that we want Michigan's leftovers by any means, but <laughs> if you can get Max Anderson out there, you're going to be in really good shape. So, it's, 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 Josh, it's one thing to say, hey, we've got the 2024 quarterback, come join him. It is an entirely different thing to say, hey, we've got five-star Jack Snarl in 2023, four-star Michael Hawkins Jr. in 2024, and eventual four-star Kevin Sperry already committed in 2025. And in the world of the transfer portal and coaching buyouts and everything, consistency is extremely hard to find in college football. So for Oklahoma to already have the next, what, six or seven years worth of quarterbacks already in the boat, and they're all guys that kind of align with that same family, culture. Highly talented, of course, but these are leaders uh, I mean, you're, you're you can't put words to how well set up they are. Um, yeah, and it's it's wild because hey, defensively, we've seen the recruiting tick up with you know the the Adebayes of the world and and obviously the Canics of the world. But I don't know if people really truly have grasped. And and there's a long way to go, right? I mean, it's it's a long way before Kevin Sperry's on campus in 25, and I guess not nearly as long before. Michael Hawkins is in 24, but Travis, to lock up that quarterback position like this, I mean, I don't think anyone expected this to be the case, and it's incredibly reassuring and exciting when you think about Jeff Levy and what they're trying to build on the offensive side of the football. 
Yeah, well, there's no if if you look at you know, I mean I know you're not a gambler yourself, Plank, but you yeah. understand it. Yeah. If you if if you if you look at Vegas when you know NFL is going on, college is going on, and the quarterback is hurt, well, that line moves. Any other player is hurt, the line they're not worth a single point. They're not <laughs> worth half a point. The quarterback is the most important position in football. Texas showed us that last year, the Texas game, and. To have that locked up, and, and it's, it's different to lock it up like if A&M were to lock it up because A&M allows visits. They offer everybody early. Looking at their offer list, they offer dudes in eighth grade. It's wild. But people that commit to Oklahoma, they understand you can't take any more visits. For a guy like Kevin Sperry to lock it up this early and understand he will not be able to take any official visits for, I mean, that's huge for Newcomb to lock it up and decide, look, I'm not taking any official visits outside of Oklahoma. Things like that. The offense, the quarterback is the most important part. And when you look at that being such a recruiting piece on that side, and then you turn over to the defensive side, and you got guys like Bates and Venables and Belay and, oh, not to mention the Big 12 leading recruiter last year and Brandon Hall, you start to put together rosters that, to be honest, OU hasn't seen in decades as far as just pure talent. Since you mentioned it, Travis, last question from me here. Went out and got a peek at Kevin Sperry. I love I love this 2025 quarterback's game, both running and throwing the football, but what were your impressions? Man, he's, he's so talented. I mean, just the way the ball comes off his hand, uh, the way that he's able to place it in tight windows, the way he's able to hold safeties with his eyes. Because keep in mind, in seven on seven, yeah, you don't have a line, but it, it, it feels like you've got 100 defensive backs out there. So it's kind of it's kind of hard. It gets a little crowded out there with – you know, that many dudes running routes. So to hold safeties in that environment is extremely tough. He's able to do that at such a young age, and he's already training with a lot of the guys that Jackson Arnold trains with in the offseason, um, Craig Nall, formerly Packers quarterback, these kind of guys. Like, he's, he's, he's able to focus 100% on getting ready to quarterback the Oklahoma Sooners and Jeff Levy's offense. I know we, there are always talks about Jeff Levy may not be there, you know, this, that, or the other. doesn't matter. That's the offense they're learning right now. They're going to have a step up. And, and Kevin Sperry, he plays on, on the team with Kenyon Kelly, OU offer. Uh, Trine and Tristan, uh, Tristan Haynes out of uh, um, Carl Albert, they're both OU offers. Davian Sims, I sat down for 30 minutes with him and talked with him and Durant about his you know, recruitment and where OU sits in that relative to the other schools. Those are all on Kevin Sperry's team. So when you start to develop that kind of core and, and you can start to try and get that leadership started at that level – Man, it's, it's something special. So I, Josh kind of touched on this, but just to, to circle back, Travis, before we let you go, what are we keeping an eye on next? Who are the next big names? You mentioned what, tackle? Is there anything defensively we need to be watching here? Well, as far as next to go, it'll be interesting because I think the wide receivers are going to come off the board rather quickly because I think, I think we need to understand that you only take three, right? And Bryant Wesco is, is, you know, he's a top-ten player in the country regardless of position. Uh, Zion Kearney, you know, the four-star. That third wide receiver spot is going to be interesting because you look at guys like Isaiah McMorris out of Bellevue West in Nebraska, Parker Thune's territory. You look at Josiah Martin, who's got a, who's got a workout with Jeff Levy coming up soon, uh, yet to get an offer, but I know at least two of the coaches on that staff have greenlit it. Um, and then you've got, obviously, K.J. Daniels. You've got Xavier Jordan out of California. That third wide receiver spot, it's going to have to pop quick because it's going to be a first-come, first-serve. 
And then once Caden Durham comes, that second running back spot, obviously you've got uh, guys like Nate Frazier out of Matter Day. Um, you've got, you know, Savani Mizell back in Florida. So it's, when you look at that, you're going to have to look at positions that are going to fill up quickly, and they're only going to take so many of them, right? So I would look at running back and wide receiver to really, really catch fire in the next few weeks. All right, man. I know you're busy. We appreciate your time. Great work over the weekend. Travis has video up on his Twitter feed. At Travis Skull, right, where we can find you? Yep, at Travis Skull. At Travis Skull. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, obviously uh, Wednesdays on KREF. See you here, buddy. Have a great day, Travis. Appreciate you. There's some Cruton talk for you on a Monday. Wow. Travis knows a lot about recruiting. Oh, yeah, dude. He is he is dialed in, my man. He's sitting there saying all those names, and I'm like, necesito ir a la baño. We ought to just make this a regular thing. Why not? Yeah, it's easy. And he's smart. I mean, he knows his stuff whenever it comes to the recruiting side of things. All right, quick break. When we come back, put a wrap on hour two with your text, plus the top five stories today right around the corner on the ref. Thanks to Travis. Sorry. I was trying to edit up some audio during the break, and I got all caught up in my own little world here. Sorry. I'm breaking headsets. I'm throwing things around. We're good to go. Um, top five stories today coming up next. Uh, Air Comfort Salute. Or the text line is 405-651-3439. This from Yardbird Richard off the heels of what Travis had to say. Adjusted for the times. If OU can continue to recruit like it appears they will, the Sooners will have accumulated more talent to its roster since the early 1970s? I would love to see the the work on that, Richard. I'm sure there's a long hand somewhere. Well, if you connect this player and how he was viewed in 1970, there is a lot of reasons to be excited on the recruiting Yeah, trail. bottom line – OU's recruiting very, very well. Despite what happened last year on the field, they're bringing in some dudes. And we'll kick off the top five stories of the day with it next on The Ref.